When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Terrio Media. I don't pay anything off early. I have exotic cars that I have loans on because I can use that money to make so much more in real estate. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of crazy stuff I do. Um, at the same time, I have reserves and cash available. I'm not like, you know, jumping over the edge in debt. But I think that, that all debt is bad is a, very, is a myth that I'm not on board with. Welcome to Thought Leader Thursday right here on the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. I got a hot show for you today. Stay tuned. Okay, so today I'm joined by the founder of Invest for More. He believes smart people who want to win in today's society and build a life they love must learn how to become investors. This is why I think I was attracted to him because it's, it's essential. You can't do it without it these days, really. Um, he created his company to help people become real estate investors either as rental property owners, flippers, wholesalers, or even note owners. And he spends a great deal of the time helping agents in their success as well. So I just want you to know who I'm talking to. So it, it doesn't, you don't know, you don't think he's just another guru. He has flipped more than 150 houses, sold over a thousand houses as an agent broker and owns 20 rentals, including a 68,000 square foot commercial property. So please help me welcome to the show, Mr. Mark Ferguson. Mark, welcome to the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. No, glad to be here. Thanks for having me and looking forward to it. Great. Yeah. There's a lot of things I could have said about you, so I wrote them down so I didn't forget anything. <laughs> There's so much more that we could have talked about. Um, where do you, uh, tell me what you were doing just before you got into real estate and what inspired that transition? Uh, it was pure luck. So I, I graduated from the University of Colorado with a business finance degree, and my dad had actually been a realtor for 15, 20 years before that, and mm-hmm. I didn't want anything to do with it, but I couldn't find a great job, so I thought I'll just work part-time for him and then that turned into me getting my license. He would flip houses once in a while and it ballooned into a whole career and investing and it was pure luck, but boy, I'm glad it happened that way. That's for sure. Okay, great. So, you know, it was just, uh, it was in the family a little bit in the blood. It took off and uh, you're like, this is good money. Let's keep going. Yeah. And one of the biggest things that attracted me to it was I saw my friends who were in the corporate world and their schedule and they made mm-hmm. okay money, but they had no freedom, you know, and they had no real path. And with real estate, I could make my own schedule. It was kind of up to me what I did. And that was the biggest draw to it was having control of my future. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I think, yeah, I concur. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's interesting. I, I was excited actually looking forward to talking to you because you are an investor and you are an agent broker. Um, so, and I've been an agent. I was an agent for four years before I was an investor. So I kind of under, understand, I think, but uh, I was curious today in today's market, how do you differentiate between your 
say a, a lead comes in and you're talking to somebody, how do you differentiate? Is this going to be a listing or is this going to be something I'm going to buy? And are those leads generated differently as well? It's, it's completely changed over the last couple of years where it used to be I would handle listings, buyers, investing all on my own. But lately, I've really tried to differentiate myself where I am strictly doing the investing. So if I have a seller lead, sometimes we'll send marketing out or networking or whatever it is. My sole goal is to buy the property as an investment, rental, flip, whatever it is. And then if that doesn't work, then I'll hand the lead off to one of my agents and give them the referral. Because I, when I don't have time to be running around doing um, agent activities as well. And two, I think it is much easier to get those deals if you're focused on just the one, the buying side. Right. But you can learn you know, pretty quick into the deal from talking if it's a good lead for listing or buying. And if it's a good listing lead, then I'll hand it off to another agent. And that way there's no kind of conflict of interest either with right. me trying to say, oh, you really need to buy it when actually they'd be better off listing it. Right, right, right. Yeah, I belong to a, a, a mastermind group that uh, probably got 100 of the most, uh, I don't know, successful real estate investors in the country. And there's a lot of agents in there also. And that's pretty much the only way everyone's been trying to crack that code and figure out how to get the best of both worlds. And, and how you just explained it, it seems to be the only way that is working for everybody in there. So um, yeah. I know you're out there. <laughs> I know you're out there in the field. Uh, so as you're looking for your investment opportunities, what's your best source for off-market deals? Um, it's, it's direct mail still. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we send out postcards, um, absentee owners, you know, um, elderly. And mm -hmm. we try and do that consistently every couple months, but I need to really work on getting that better. Cause I mean, every time we send out a couple thousand, we get a deal or two. So, right. um, it's, it's, it's our best way for off market, but I'm still getting more deals from the MLS than I am any other source. And being an agent is just a huge benefit to being able to do that just because I can act fast. Um, right. you know, I'm not paying commissions. So I save money over other investors. I have access mm -hmm. to the MLS. Uh, that's just been a, still a gold mine for us, even in a crazy hot market. Got it. So you, you see real value in being an investor and holding your real estate license. For sure. Um, I say it all the time. I think I figured it, it was either last year, or the year before we saved $270,000 on commissions because I make a commission when I buy a property, whether it's a rental or flip, if it's on the MLS and then I save a commission when I sell it, when we're flipping houses, I still pay mm -hmm. a buyer's agent. But I don't have to pay a listing agent because the agreement with the agents who list it for me are, you know, they do that for free because of the other perks they get. And so it saves me so much money, but the biggest advantage is getting more deals because I can pay less than other investors. And then I check my hot sheets like five times a you day. You can pay, you can pay more. Yeah, I can. Yes, I can pay more because yeah. I have, yeah, I pay less commissions. And so I check my hot sheets all the time. And as soon as a good deal comes up, I'm out there in half an hour looking at the property, making an offer. And a lot of times we'll get those before other investors even know they're for sale. Mm -hmm. What market are you in? I'm in Northern Colorado. Northern so Colorado. Okay. Greeley area. We've seen 300% appreciation right. over the last seven years. Right. It's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. So um, if, let me ask you this. If, if you're look, when you're looking on the MLS, First of all, in your investment uh, preference, are you looking more to flip more or are you looking to hold more? Um, I love rentals. I think rentals are really the long-term strategy, but our market's gotten so crazy. It's really hard to find them. So mm -hmm. I stopped buying residential rentals in 2015 because the price to rent ratios just didn't make sense. Right. 
but then I've bought six commercial properties the last couple of years and switched to that niche. So I'm always looking for commercial stuff now, but for mm. residential properties, we're flipping 100% of them almost. So we did 26 flips last year and those are all rehabs. And um, mm. so primarily it's um, flipping unless we find that really good commercial deal. Got it. When you're looking at the multiple listing service and you're, and you're evaluating uh, single family homes for flip opportunities. What are some of the things that you look for that, that stick out to you? Um, some of the things I've learned over the years is number one, don't take on the big giant project that you think is going to be amazing um, because there's this huge profit potential because those big giant projects almost always turn into just never ending um, problems. So, you know, we still make money on those, but just the time and effort and resources it takes to you know, add on to a house or completely gut it to the studs just rarely pays off. So, you know, we have to buy houses that are more than, you know, cosmetic stuff, but kind of that middle of the road flip where you're maybe doing kitchens, baths, a roof, flooring, painting, that type of thing. And then of course we want decent profit potential. It's really hard to find deals with all the competition around here, but we, we still do find them. So mm -hmm. we kind of want to make at least $30,000 on each flip. Um, after all the expenses and financing and all of that. And then as far as age, location, you know, I'm not really concerned about that as much because we're selling them fast. Mm -hmm. Where with my rentals, I'm much more concerned with the age and location and that, right. those things. Right. So, so when you're scanning through, you're just really kind of looking at what looks underpriced, basically. Exactly. That and a lot of take too much work. Yep. And people tell me, how do you go through all the MLS listings? How do you narrow your search criteria? How do you figure all this out? And the thing is, I look at the, the hot sheets, which is your um, new listings, like a hot sheet. I can pull up the new listings since the last time I looked, you know, if I'm looking four or five times a day, there aren't that many listings to go through. Mm -hmm. But if I have to look through the entire MLS, it can take some time. Right. So I'm looking through those all the time. And yes, I, I know my market really, really well. I was born here. I've been here for decades. So I know what prices are. I can recognize addresses, different areas, towns, and be like, hey, that's a good price. And then usually at least every week, I'll go through basically the entire MLS, everything that's listed within 30 miles of me and go through each property. Just like, okay, you know, what's a good price? Maybe what's been on the market for three months, which is a really long time here. Um, mm -hmm. Have there been a bunch of price reductions just to see if there's any properties I missed on my hot sheet. So it takes work. It's not, it's definitely not easy. <laughs> yeah. No one ever said this was easy. Simple. <laughs> yes. But the yeah. easy, right. So what's your biggest win in the last 12 months and what did you learn from it? Um, the biggest win by far was buying the building where I'm at right now. So I've been wanting to buy a really big commercial property for years and I actually have been working with a commercial broker because commercial is this where your brokerage is in right now. Yes, is this exactly. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I, so I started working with a commercial broker because I wasn't super familiar with commercial. He was connected. I was not connected in that world. And it's so different than residential. It's just crazy. But, um, mm -hmm. he brought me this pocket listing, which was a strip mall that had a grocery store, a restaurant, a coffee shop, another little office and some vacant space. And it was just a killer deal. It was 2.2 million was what they're asking for 68,000 square feet, almost five acres of pretty prime location. And the reason it was kind of cheap was the grocery store had real low rents, but they'd been there 40 years. There was some vacant space and 
it was a pocket listing. So he was trying to double in both sides of it. And so we jumped on it, um, ended up getting it under contract for a little less than list price. And it's just been a crazy moneymaker. And along with it, we were able to take one of the vacant spaces, remodel it, started my own brokerage, moved in here. And it's just been a ton of fun, really exciting. And then just a great investment. Um, like I said, there's a property down the street that sold for 5.5 million last year that had 40,000 square feet. So mm-hmm. it's just, we got really lucky, but <laughs> well, it spoiled good. me too. So you have other tenants sharing the building with you? Yep. There's a grocery store that's been here. Oh, I understand. Yeah. 30, same building. Uh, the, the restaurant, an office next to us. We still have one vacant space we're trying to rent. And then mm-hmm. a, a coffee shop is actually on a land lease. So they own their own building, could pick it up and move it if they wanted to, but they pay us rent for the land. Got it. Well, congratulations. Oh, thank you. So, that's, that's it's scary, but awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds like a huge win. So yeah. is there a lesson in there somewhere? How is this impacting how you move forward? I want to, well, like I said, it spoiled me because mm-hmm. I keep wanting to find more deals like this. And I, I bought this with a partner. He is a big deal and um, really helped me pull it off because he's had more experience in commercial. He also did a bunch of flips back in the past and is also a private money lender for me too. Mm-hmm. And so he's been a real help with it. But both of us, we talk about all the time, like how are we ever going to find a deal like this again? <laughs> it keeps spoiling us, but we're still looking. Um, I really, if I could have 10 of these, you know, I'd just be perfect, but we're right. always looking for the deal kind of been doing some more off market commercial searching. Um, hopefully we'll find some more stuff, but it's really opened my eyes to how leases work, how brokers work, how the lending works. Mm-hmm. It's all so different on commercial. It's awesome. So what do you like most about what you do? I think I like being able to do whatever I want, <laughs> which is, you know, kind of why I got into real estate in the first place. And it mm-hmm. took me a while to learn that as my business progressed. But yeah, I, for a long time, I was an REO and HUD broker where I sold foreclosures for banks. And that's kind of when I really became successful, started hiring, you know, assistants to help me out. And that's when I realized that, you know, I don't have to do everything myself. I can take the tasks I don't like doing and hand them off to my team. If mm-hmm. I don't like doing paperwork, if I don't like doing taxes, if even mowing my lawn, I can have someone else do it. And I try to focus on the things I really love doing, which is finding deals, buying houses, and just kind of trying to grow the business. So the thing I love about it most is just being a business owner in general, but being able to focus on the things I love, which is really just finding great deals. Mm-hmm. It's great. What do you see happening in the market that has you excited and how is it changing your business? Oh, that's tough. That's a really tough question because it's been, it's been crazy here. Like I, I, median price in Greeley was 110 in 2011 or 12, and now it's 320. So our market has gone nuts. A lot of Colorado has, and I think it's slowing down now. We're starting to see some indicators. Days on market are, are a little longer. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't see a crash coming like we had last time. I think everything's much different. I could definitely see a slowdown. I could see things, you know, pulling back a little bit. So we're being kind of cautious right now, not going crazy with buying, but we've always been that way too, no matter a good or bad market with what we buy, but it's tough. I I still am happy to buy great commercial deals if the numbers make sense. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we looked at one the other day where the owner said the tenant might get three or four months behind on rent and then all of a sudden catch up. We're like, well, that's 20 to $30,000 behind they get. So it's like, you know, that's not a deal we're going to do right now if the tenant's that shaky. So, I mean, we're just 
solid investing and it's not something we do too different in any market, but we've always tried to do it kind of the same way. Got it. Well, Mark, I really enjoyed this. I can see why I was attracted to your channel because <laughs> I'm still looking for somebody to, to bring on the show that I disagree with, <laughs> but, <it's, laughs> but I see the person, I, think, ah, I don't really like that person. <laughs> anyway. I hate real estate. No. <laughs> right. So, um, if there were, uh, well, we talk about real estate all the time. What, what do you wish you could talk more about that you don't get the opportunity to? That's a good question. Um, one thing, I love cars, but I don't know, it's not a car show. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's fine. Money, I think a, a lot of things that our society lacks are just money education on buying houses, on um, investing. And I think there's a lot of people out there, maybe you can, I can provide some stuff you'll disagree with me on. Uh, yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> like promote themselves in their marketing over what they really believe. So like the Grant Cardones of the world who say you should never buy your own personal house. I hate that philosophy. I think it's horrible. I think buying your personal house is one of the best ways to get ahead in life. Like you said, getting a great deal, one of the best ways to get financing, lines of credit, buying below mm -hmm. market. Um, so I really disagree with that. And Kiyosaki says that a lot too. So two of the yeah, so big real estate guys, I, I really disagree with that philosophy. You're right. We disagree there. Okay. <laughs> but that's good. <laughs> we'll have to come back and, and share. And okay. Compare. But okay. go ahead. Uh -huh. <laughs> but no, I just think I'm buying a personal house is one of the best things for someone who's just starting out can do if they really take their time to get a great deal, um, get great financing, and then kind of piggy bank on that house either to use it as a rental property if they move out or flip it after two years and pay zero taxes on the profit. And mm -hmm. a lot of people get stuck like, Oh, I don't have the money for an investment. I don't have 20% down. I can't get financing for a flip where they could do that with their own personal house. If they're willing to sacrifice, live in a place they work on, you know, things of that nature. So that's something I don't hear all the time, but, and I kind of mm -hmm. disagree with some of the, the, the concepts going around about personal finance. Right. So you wish you could talk more about that is what you're saying. Yeah, a little bit. I try to talk a lot about it, but <laughs> on the podcast, it. it usually gets more into the investing side instead of the personal right. side. You might've just answered the question, but I'll ask it anyway. What's, we'll talk about personal finance specifically then. What is one commonly held truth that you disagree with? Is there another one besides buying your own oh, house? That's not really commonly held, but. That's a great one. Um, the debt is bad. So that's mm -hmm. one I really disagree. Everyone's like, oh, I want to pay off all my debt. I want to pay off my houses. I want a 15-year mortgage. I disagree mm -hmm. with all that too. And a lot of people say, man, you're just living on the edge on risk. But right. I think debt is one of the most amazing tools you can use if used smart and wise. Mm -hmm. So if you've got reserves, you've got backups, um, you know, long-term debt to me against real estate, you've got some of the lowest rates, you know, some of the most secure debt you can have. And you can just make so much more money buying rentals or flipping or even investing in other things than the three, well, not anymore, but four or 5% interest rates that you can get on those loans. So I don't mm -hmm. pay anything off early. I have exotic cars that I have loans on because I can use that money to make so much more in real estate. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of crazy stuff I do. Um, at the same time, I have reserves and cash available. I'm not like, you know, jumping over the edge in debt. But I think that, that all debt is bad is a, very, is a myth that I'm not on board with. Yeah. All right. We're back in, in the agreement mode. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the, the, the video that I released tomorrow, by the time people hear our interview, this one will already be in, been public, but um, is exactly that. How, oh, to, nice. uh, how to leverage debt to build wealth. And uh, yeah, don't pay any. 
I would say leverage as much as you possibly can to build. And when you're done building, eh, then you can go ahead and, and think about paying it off to preserve everything. But uh, if you want to go fast, and that's what our society kind of wants, right? Yep. Leverage no, is the way to do it. It's funny. One thing I'm kind of proud of, which is kind of silly, is I paid off my car loan after six years without making mm-hmm. one extra penny to the principal. So I'm like, mm-hmm. it was really hard at the end. It's like, man, I've only got like $1,500 left. I just paid off. Them. Nope, <laughs> not going to do it. <laughs> Make every right, single right. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, even if, you know, the, 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 the idea that even if um, the asset even just breaks even, you've done yourself an, an incredible service by, you know, you, you've, uh, you've hedged your, your, um, what do you call it? Your, uh, your financial statement against inflation. Cause you still have the asset that's yep. preserved. And then you've got uh, then you free up your liquidity to take advantage of those opportunities. And when these amazing, uh, uh commercial buildings come along, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so Mark, uh, if there were three guiding principles for your success, what would they be? Um, one is <clears throat> always be honest, do things the right way. I learned that from my dad a long time ago. You mm-hmm. see a lot of people who kind of cut corners, agents, investors, both of them, to make a quick buck. And, you know, they kind of screw people over, and that always catches up to you. I mean, in the end, you're going to lose people who could have made you a lot of money, lose their trust if you don't do things the right way. So that's one thing. Right. Um, I always try to be as positive as I can. It's not easy. But I like to say, you know, it's easy to be positive when things are going great, but when things are going bad, that's when it really comes into play of really analyzing the situation instead of getting mad or angry or sulking. It's like, okay, what happened? How can we fix it? You know, what can we learn from this? I mean, that's, that's really one of the best ways you can make your business better is by the bad times. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and then finally, um, really just building cash flow is a, you know, a concept that I've always loved and just having that passive income come in, whether you're working or not, if you get sick, if you want to retire, if something worse happens, you know, that's just something that everybody should have and almost nobody really does have in our society. So those are the mm-hmm. three real main things I focus on. I like it. Be honest, be positive and focus on cash flow. Yep. <laughs> right. You know, I just, I was just reading that uh, that's today's retirees. Their biggest fear is running out of money, mm-hmm. right? That, that they're going to outlive their money. But if you got cash flow, it replenishes yeah. itself yep, indefinitely, exactly. right? Perfect. Mark, you do so many things and you're, you're all over the internet. Um, so I wanted to kind of leave this up to you. If someone wanted to get in touch with you, what would be the best way for them to do that? Um, yeah, no, my blog is the best way. It's investformore.com. That's invest, F-O-U-R-M-O-R-E.com. And people ask me what that means. And I, I started just for- Just about to. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, when I first started, I got four mortgages in my name. And the big bank's like, oh, you can't have any more loans. You already have four. I'm like, what do you mean? And then you figure out you can get more than four loans. And that's kind of what the whole invest for more is, is getting more than four loans on rentals. So um, that's the best way is on that site. You can email me, mark at investformore.com. I have a bunch of articles, free book on there, all kinds of stuff. And like you said, the YouTube, I think we have 300, 400 videos on there. We do videos of every flip, every rental, and then lots Mm -hmm. of educational videos as well just showing everybody what we're doing. Yep. No, it was great stuff. And, that, and that's how I found you. So uh, yeah, if you're into flipping and you like what Mark had to say today, go to his YouTube channel to certainly subscribe. Great information. You got his blog. He gave you his email address. So um, I guess that's it. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining us, Mark. I'm glad we were able to make it work out this time. No, no. Great to be on the show. Thanks a lot. Had a lot of fun and yeah, look forward to talking to you again here soon.
Cool. Yeah, let's do it again. All righty. So that's it for today's episode of Thought Leader Thursday. I'll see you right here next Thursday on the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. Take care. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.